There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, hello, and welcome. I was going to say welcome back to the Indie Football Podcast. Uh, coming. So, uh, the World Cup Daily Edition. It's Wednesday, and we've got our first team eliminated. Um, unfortunate Morocco going out after a 1-0 defeat to Portugal. Uh, we've also had, uh, I, I don't even know how to describe the, the game between Saudi Arabia and Uruguay, Critch. Um, what on earth would you describe that as? Um, I wouldn't say that it was the kind of turkey shoot that we were expecting from Uruguay, certainly, who um, Saudi Arabia not, at least they're not trying to do things that they're not capable of now, really, but they're still, um, they're, they've obviously been eliminated with that result, has have Egypt as with Morocco with the earlier one um, I, and although you know they looked a little bit more solid we did expect to see a lot more from Uruguay there and it, it has for me it's raised a few questions about um, <laughs> maybe the expectations we had coming into this tournament uh, and also like further down the line you know thinking about the next round as we do now um, just who's gonna just who's gonna progress there well so Portugal beat Morocco 1-0 they scored after five minutes, I was at that game, and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo headed home from a corner. Um, amazingly, they didn't mark Cristiano Ronaldo at the corner. One of the best headers of the ball I've ever seen, um, and he scored. And then Morocco basically with a better team for eighty-five minutes and just couldn't score. Rui Patricio with a, an excellent save. Um, but Portugal kind of ropey. Um, I did my piece about whether they can win the World Cup and my answer is still overwhelmingly uh, yes I think they can because they were rubbish at Euro 2016 to be honest they won one game uh, in the whole thing in 90 minutes they drew all three group games and went through as a lucky third place team behind Hungary who topped their group and Iceland um, they, then they got through on extra time they got through on penalties against Poland uh, and then they beat Wales in the semi-final 2-0 and then uh, extra time in the final so that's how they want to do it Fernando Santos is an ultimately very conservative coach um, but if Portugal are going to play like this and Uruguay are going to play how they've played uh, in the last two games then the Portugal-Uruguay potential second round clash sounds like uh, something that no one's going to want to go to Chris. Uh, yeah I mean saying that Santos we know he's a defensive manager but he's actually come out and said afterwards that he himself was quite disappointed with mm. how they played so um, and he didn't expect them to, to sit off just as much as they did after the um, after scoring so early so um, you, you know maybe maybe the players were taking it on themselves a little bit um, and, and yeah on, on the question of whether they can win it I'd, I'd agree that um, they still can because like you were saying they were, they were dreadful in the groups or at least not very impressive in the group stages in 2016 um, and they've got well that's winning a draw now isn't it um, but I, yeah I, I don't think we really learned anything new about Portugal today really we, we, we kind of knew that if they're going to make headway in this competition a lot of that's going to depend on Ronaldo um, funnily enough a bit like how if Argentina are going to progress 
as far as they can in this competition they're going to have to rely on Messi so uh, yeah it's, it's, I think it's a strange day this one it's maybe the first day it's, it almost feels like obviously we're, we're progressing through the group stages now um, and we're seeing the first teams being eliminated from the competition but I don't know like uh, today all the matchups today they, they kind of feel like I know Portugal Morocco is a bit closer but it feel, feel like foregone conclusions and and you know, we just kind of want to get this day out, out go through the motions and get, get it over with, really. Yeah, and, and I guess we should talk about the, the late game as well, which was uh, a, a better game than the early two. Um, but for that, we're going to dial up Miguel. So we'll, we'll talk to Miguel in a, in a moment, and then uh, we'll come back after and, and wrap things up. Well, your boys made it, Migs, um, but it was pretty kind of tight in the end, and it? Yeah, there were a few scary moments, uh, I think, for Spain. So, just first of all, just tell us how you see it. Well, that was a proper battle of a game. Uh, enthralling and intense. Um, it, it was only 1-0. Like, in, in a strange way, I think, one of the most engaging games of the tournament because you could sense how much was on the line, particularly for Iran, who, who felt they had history on the line. Although, obviously, VAR got it right. Um I see there's been a fair bit of criticism for both sides, but I actually think it reflects well on both of them. First of all, I mean, Iran are fundamentally an inferior side to Spain. So, fair enough, they set up like that. It's the World Cup. You do what you have to do. But I, I didn't, I mean, they defended brilliantly. A great plan, as we expected from Queiroz. I don't think they're quite a defensive side, like in the way some of the other, you know, medium-tier countries who have uh, perpetuated this trend are. I think they're better than that. Queiroz is a very sophisticated defensive coach. I mean, there were times in the first half when... Silva or Costa would get on the ball in the box and immediately all space would be crowded out. But they also caused Spain problems. And on the other side, although I think there's maybe should be a little bit of concern for Spain about how nervous they were in trying to break Iran down, to do that, to eventually do it, and it came from one of those runs through the centre from Iniesta, which is Spain's, I think, main main quality, just the, 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 uh, the technique and, and creativity of those central players, uh, ultimately bodes well. Uh, and I, I don't think I don't think Spain are going to come up against a defensive challenge like that again. Um, not even Uruguay, because I, I, I do think Iran are that good, and I think that they will cause Portugal problems. That that is a proper playoff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it, it could be a, a proper playoff game. I think Iran have shown that they're not just any old side here that make up the numbers. Like like um, some of the other Asian teams have been quite poor. I mean, Saudi Arabia most notably. And it is interesting as well because Iran plays so differently, obviously, within the AFC. They're a different team because they have to go out and they have to dominate far inferior teams. So it is actually quite impressive the work they put in to flip their entire team around and then play in an incredibly defensive and disciplined manner. But Spain did quite... I mean, they look quite good in, in some ways. They're dominant... Um, in, in every game and they do look kind of just more cohesive than I think any other team we've, we've seen so far on another note there were times during that game where particularly in the first 55 minutes before they got the goal when I was thinking Spain are crying out for David Villa yeah yeah I agree because um, I mean because that match really really reminded me of the 2010 uh, campaign for Spain I mean that was obviously a, a better Spain team but as a result of that they were coming, they were coming up against in every match Teams who defended like Iran who just sit back deeper and deeper and deeper, um, and but what what got Spain out of the hole so much? Now, particularly in the first five for, for, for in four of the first five games against Honduras, Chile, Portugal, and Paraguay was David Villa. Now, um, Villa was almost a perfect striker of how Spain played then. 
Costa is not, but he is actually, uh, <laughs> that's almost good because he just provides something different that opposition don't expect, don't, opposition defences don't expect. He's just so awkward to play against. Uh, and the goal came from that. Um, but he's fulfilling a David Villa role in, this, in his team while being a, diff- a, diff- a very different player. Yeah, we kind of covered that the other day. It is a sense of a guy who doesn't really fit like into the team stylistically, but like it, that almost makes him more of a dangerous weapon because you know what the other guys are going to do. You know they're going to pass it around and dink and wait for like the perfect moment for the, the pass to go through, whereas with Diego, is he's just like a, a wrecking ball of a player and it, and it is kind of more dangerous. Um, what... Problems did you see uh, from Spain? One other thing with Spain, actually, one other thing about that that game that was quite odd. I thought, um, well, maybe not more inevitable. It was as if Spain were so tense until they got the goal because they knew how much of a battle it was to open up Iran. That as soon as they got the goal, it was almost a complete opposite. That they became strangely relaxed and complacent, too relaxed, it was the extreme. And that led to some sloppiness. They're going to have to grow. In fact, it was almost the inverse of the, uh, the game against Portugal. In the, the first half against Portugal, they're very sloppy at the back and completely shored up, shored up in the second. But that's in both games, they've made a few uh, kind of needless defensive errors. They were quite casual. And they're going to have to cut that out. One other uh, interesting element from that game, actually, had it gone on longer and Spain got the goal, that actually would have been... Uh, the acid test for Yero, maybe, because then he would have had to make the sort of subs, and particularly the sort of very tactical-minded subs that we knew Lopetegui could do. And that was, that was the, one, the one quality maybe Spain were missing from Lopetegui and all this argument about, about self-management. So it, did, it didn't get to that stage, but I think we've almost been denied a deeper answer about Spain because of their early goal. And just to finish, we've given Iran some props for the way they survived, basically being battered into submission for two games but what do you actually think of them as a team I mean they're not someone who's going to go deep into this competition are they on Iran there were times in that game and you almost be thinking and we're not for Ronaldo obviously they could almost be favourites against Portugal but um, I think they will give them problems what could just save Portugal is that uh, Iran now need to win that game Portugal only need to draw to get through and had it been the opposite way around, then it could have been, I think Portugal would have been in real trouble because now Iran are going to be asked, because they have to go and win the game, they have to, they, have to, they won't get to play their natural game, which is basically to sit deep and counter. They have, they have to kind of take the game on their terms and maybe open themselves up to Ronaldo. But in saying that, I think that they've got enough going forward as well. They're, they're a seriously good side. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thank you to Miguel, uh, who's down in Nizhny Novgorod. He's uh, very excited, I think, for um, tomorrow's game between Argentina and Croatia, which... uh, should be an interesting one. There is a chance, Chris. You know, we, we we have said we are still waiting for a team to dazzle and blow us away. Spain's win came against like a stubborn Iran team, but uh, again, you can't read too much into a win over someone like Iran in the same way that you can't necessarily read too much into Belgium's win over Panama or, or, or whatever. Um, so Argentina versus Croatia is one of the top games I think in the, in the entire group stage. It's up there with Portugal, Spain as two countries I think who are very strong throughout two countries who probably you know quarterfinal quality teams uh, Croatia certainly their midfield is one of the best in, in the competition um, so who are you expecting to stand out tomorrow it looks like San Paolo is going to change things um, Croatia will play probably how they always play uh, and try and hit Argentina on the counter yeah, I mean, who am I expected to stand out with? <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I, mean, I, I meant the other, you know, of all the teams playing tomorrow. Oh, of all the teams playing tomorrow. No, I think I think that game in the evening is 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 definitely um, is definitely the pick of them. Um, France playing Peru earlier in the day is a really interesting one for me. I think because we we saw France and they were one of these few big guns, if you like, to win their opening game, but they weren't exactly impressive. You know, there was there was good bits, there was poor bits. Um, and like we've been saying since the start of the tournament, we've we've still got so many questions about the the manager, um, or maybe they're not even questions. Maybe they're conclusions that we know by now. He's he's not quite getting the best out of extracting the best out of the group of players that he's got. So and and, and then with Peru, I mean, I'm trying to think through the first round games. Was there any that we really think went say was a really un, undeserved result? Maybe the, the only one you'd pick out is is Denmark beating Peru because Peru were very impressive. They were just not whether the, the you know the, the the speed of their play and their movement was was brilliant, but they weren't quite picking the picking their moments and taking their chances um, and really trying to create quality opportunities. So if if they can kind of sort that and fix that out, and then France don't quite click again, then we have a real contest there, and it might kind of shake things up in that group. I think France uh, do have a lot to prove. It wouldn't completely surprise me if Peru beat them. Um, Peru, you know, if they they lose, they're pretty much out the tournament, and it's it'd be sad because it's their first uh, World Cup since 1990. I think they've been. Went before that. Is it before that? I was. Oh, it's Egypt. It was not Egypt. Egypt was 1990. Sorry, it's the first one since 1978, um, which is an incredibly long time, and they brought loads of fans and it was such a big deal for them to even qualify in the first place um, at the expense of a team like Ecuador or Paraguay who have quite regularly qualified for World Cups in in recent times uh, they don't have uh, uh, basically they don't have a finisher which is which is Morocco's problem today you know Morocco and Peru have got quite a few similarities in terms of they're both teams that have played it really well in midfield and, and actually like some quite stylish football and, and flowing football 
But Morocco today just couldn't finish. They didn't have a guy who was, uh, you know, who was good at doing it. And, and, you know, Guerrero was left on the bench in the last game and he's their kind of striker and talisman and hero and stuff. But he's never been a good finisher. He's, he's just a rampaging a guy who, you know, puts a lot of work in and he helps you win the ball back in good positions and he'll run his heart out for the team. He's also the guy who um, was banned for cocaine because apparently it was in Contaminated tea, tea yeah. uh, actually, Critch. Um, so, obviously, no suggestion of any wrongdoing there. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame that these teams... Because, like, I think Morocco... Were, were, I think Morocco were robbed, to be honest. They, they, they should have... They should have had at least one penalty. Um, Portugal, Pepe is 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 so desperate to not have Sergio Ramos be the ultimate villain that he will do anything. That the, the moment where he gets tapped on the back, like literally tapped as in like the guy wanted to talk to him and was like to, tapping him on the shoulder and was like, "Hey, what's that?" And he, he tapped him on the yeah. back and and he the way he goes to the ground like a sack of shit is just absolutely ridiculous. Do you think it might be connected to the, the elbow from Diego Costa the other night? Maybe he's lost a bit of face there and he just wants to like reaffirm himself as like the World Cup's ultimate hard man. Um, no, but I mean, even the Diego Costa thing, as soon as he, he felt the contact, he's gone down, hasn't he? Yes, yeah, that, I, was I know. More, that was more a thing where he actually kind of gets, you know, like he he just got absolutely beasted there, basically, didn't he, by Diego Costa? Yeah, so, yeah he got mashed in the face. But but his instinct, kind of like, as soon as someone goes near him, his instinct is bang, I'm going down yeah. straight away. And occasionally that will backfire. Um, it didn't today. Um, and I thought Morocco, as I say, were unfortunate. Uh, they go home they're the first team that's mathematically eliminated from the World Cup and uh, if they lose to Spain in their next game I guess they could be um, one of the best teams I've seen to go home with, with zero points but um, I guess it all comes down to that game against Iran and you have if you're a, a a weaker nation that's looking to upset the apple cart you have to beat the teams that are kind of on your level and losing that game to Iran when they were the better side uh, it has been immensely costly in the end. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they always kind of knew looking at this group and just the way it panned out that they would need to take um, a draw. Well, probably need to take a win. Yeah. But to be honest, I mean, you can take a. Draw you have to get a draw off one of the big teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so we kind of knew from there on, and it's a shame, like you say, because I think um, they. I saw a tweet from Michael Cox. He's writing for us at the minute, and he said before they might well be the best World Cup team to finish on zero points, and I mean the. And, and I mean, I also literally said that about five seconds ago. So oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, you weren't paying attention because you were no. flinging your little spreadsheet. But. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I, yes, I did say it a minute ago. Um, that's a little, another little peek behind the curtain. That's today's reference. Um, Critch doesn't listen to me when I talk. Um, tomorrow's games then. Uh, which one haven't we mentioned? Within Denmark, to- Australia. Denmark, Australia. It's on the spreadsheet. So. Denmark uh, can seal qualification with a win against Australia and I think um, you'd have to bat them to do that Australia are already in last chance saloon they absolutely have to win uh, and then they got a final game with Peru did you see enough from Australia in that France game to suggest that they've got a chance of upsetting Denmark and, and going through to the second round here um, I don't think I don't think it's a question of whether we saw enough from Australia I think we didn't really see enough from Denmark to suggest that they so you know what I mean. I think it was a very. It's going to be a, quite an even contest. Australia against France. Um, they had the penalty, and that was about it, wasn't it? We were watching it together yeah. um, before the Argentina game, um, and Denmark seemed a bit cannier, maybe. 
they, they seem like they, you know we've, we've said uh, everybody knows it's going to re- rest on Christian Eriksen just, just how good they are and whether they can um, you know achieve above expectation in this tournament but uh, I find that one a difficult one to call and that's like I say that's why I think you know if Peru can pull off a shock against France say they take three points Australia Denmark ends in a draw then suddenly the group's wide open and, and you know it's all to play for them yeah, I agree with you. I thought Australia really didn't create much. Um, you know, at the end the French just sat behind the ball and it was like, go on then, like make something happen. I think they're going to be the weakest team in the group. Yeah, well. yeah, they do. I don't think there's a question. They do that. have that sense, and, and it's funny because they weren't that far away from getting a point in that game. They weren't good, but they weren't that far away from getting a point, and everything would feel so much different um, because Denmark would be dominating the group people would be talking about France's problems yeah. you know Australia could they could they nick something off Denmark because then they're in you know then it's just going down to the final game with Peru but that's how narrow the margins are and, it, and that freak goal from Pogba really deflected one that was we given by of, golden line technology we kind of know what to expect from the Van Maverick teams as well we've seen it like um, at the 2010 most obviously so you wonder whether they're going to need to, you know, show a little bit more adventure if they're going to pull off the results that they need. But now, I, I personally don't see it. Like I say, I think I think they're easily the weakest team in the group and um, probably be going home. And then, yeah, Argentina Croatia is the other one, which is is going to be an extraordinary game. I mean, if Argentina do lose that, then uh, stuff's going to go down in Buenos Aires and in fact all over Argentina. Um, Jorge Sampaoli will not be able to set foot back in his homeland I think ever again and uh, do you remember when River Plate got relegated and there was riots for about four days yeah 2011 would, um, four days be, four days what's the spread on that do you no no it was less than that it was less than that no yeah. no no I mean if Argentina go out oh if Argentina go out a week's worth or oh yeah I mean all bets are off like the absolute guarantee absolute guarantee is the McDonald's uh, by the Obelisco is getting smashed in like every window is going okay. every window is going um, the Obelisco is traditionally where they go to celebrate um, big victories uh, you know the, if a team wins the league they, they head to Obelisco um, if Argentina does good stuff at, at something you know they won the Hockey World Cup a couple of years ago that's where they go I think the centre of Buenos Aires is in all sorts of trouble if they lose to Croatia um, I mean they didn't lose to Iceland but it felt like a loss and there is a fear that they're quite directionless I, um, so I know that Sampaoli previously to the tournament had, had he had different plans for these three group games and so the change he said the changes that he's going to implement for this are not just as a reaction to the first game it's oh, we always knew we were going to have to change it and you, you have to because you know you need to have a different midfield to play against Modric, Rakitic and uh, whoever else they're going to chuck in there whether it's Brozovic or, or Bedelli or, or Kovacic you've got to have a different midfield against those guys as you do against Iceland um, and, and they were very close to winning the game against Iceland obviously only a penalty away Lionel Messi took that penalty miss quite hard and there's a good piece uh, by Miguel on that today but I guess um, we'll just have to see how it goes we'll check in with Migs again tomorrow who's in Nizhny for that one and uh, yeah, I guess that's all for today. Um, so as ever, uh, on your day off, thank you for thank you for your time. Awesome. And um, as ever, if you go to independent independent uh, to enunciate the actual words uh, slash football, 
Uh, you'll find all of the great World Cup content, plus, uh, as usual, you know, on the social channels and uh, on the podcast, which you're probably already subscribed to. But if uh, you know you haven't told all your friends about it, then uh, it's probably about time. Um, and it, if you don't like the podcast, then as ever, just let me know, and I'll give you a full refund on what you've paid. Uh, until tomorrow, I'm Amalian. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 